I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh boy, we got Fed news today. We'll talk about that. We have Jim Jordan here. He's going to talk about this indictment and other things going on in Congress, culture war stuff. Kira Davis is here. Ned Ryan is going to talk to us about local elections. All that and more is coming up on I'm Right. Okay, first, before we do anything else, I have some news. I know you watch us. Maybe you watch us on DirecTV. Well, we're on channel 347 now on DirecTV. So if you go tuning in on your DirecTV dial and you don't see the first TV, don't worry. I promise we didn't vanish. We didn't disappear into the ether somewhere. You're just on the wrong channel. Channel 347, DirecTV, that is where you'll find us. Now, let's get on to all the news of the day. The Federal Reserve. This is, look, with everything else, we're going to go into all kinds of culture war stuff and really important things on the show. we got Congressman Jim Jordan coming up here in just a second. But this is probably the thing that matters the most right now because if a nation goes through some sort of horrible, I don't want to call it collapse, but maybe that's appropriate, recession, depression, whatever it is, everything else will flow downhill from there. We've spent way too much money. We've printed way too much money. That toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube. The only way to stop that inflation is to raise interest rates. Raising interest rates itself will cause a recession. High interest rates are horrible. I'm not hoping for that, but we needed the Fed to raise rates, probably significantly. 
the Fed was planning on raising rates significantly, according to what we know. Then a couple banks went belly up. They all locked shields and said, don't raise rates, we're in trouble. Today, the Fed announced tiny little rate bump, smallest bump you can get, 0.25. Now, I'm not sitting here wanting your interest rates to go up or my interest rates to go up. I got a mortgage too. I, I, I'm, I don't want rates to go up. But I also understand that the value of the dollar free-falling has implications way beyond some interest rate hikes. It's a really, really, really big deal. And if the banks are going to bully the Fed into not raising interest rates the appropriate amount, we might have some rocky times ahead. But anyway, let's focus on what's important. According to MSNBC, the walls are closing in. I think it's different when you get in there and you're having, I, I could be wrong, but you know, we I call wouldn't that, know, but having your fingerprint taken and picture you, you taken. You know, we call that, Mika. What? That's called whistling past the graveyard. He's not looking forward to any of it. He's horrified. He's just talking big. The walls are closing in, as, the, as has been said before. Oh, gosh. More walls are closing in, Crab. Joining me now, by the grace of God, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. We actually have a good one, <laughs> Congressman Jim Jordan of the great state of Ohio. All right, Congressman, I don't know what I find to be more laughable. The more walls are closing in talk on what's clearly a bogus charge or the fact that MSNBC apparently has 95 people on panels. Who could do TV <laughs> like that? <laughs> well, yeah, and they've only been saying the, quote, walls were closing in on I don't know how many different issues. You know, first it was Russia, Russia, Russia. Then it was his phone call with Zelensky. Then it was his tax returns. Then it was his business records. Then it was his children. Then it was who knows what else. And now it's this this crazy issue. So, yeah, the, the, the left has been saying this for or trying this and saying this for seven years, I guess. But um, I think, uh, you know, your, your viewers and the American people, I think they get the facts here that, first of all, the, the Justice Department wouldn't bring this case. The Federal District of New York wouldn't bring this case. The previous district attorney, Mr. Vance, wouldn't bring this case. And the current district attorney wouldn't bring this case a year ago. And it wasn't until two of his folks uh, left, the, left the DA's office, wrote a book, started getting the left all fired up, and maybe most importantly, President Trump announced he was running for president, that suddenly, oh, Shazam, I've, I've reconsidered. I'm going to bring the case, it looks like now. So, uh, and oh, oh, by the way, our star witness is going to be the guy who went to prison for lying, who came in front of the but, House Oversight Committee four years ago and lied six times, Michael Cohen. Uh, you know, such a deal. Yeah, what a great guy Michael Cohen is. Okay, so everyone knows, look, it's obvious, everyone knows it's a political prosecution by one of these Soros-backed nutball prosecutors. Yep. The, the question is, Congressman, how do we stop this? Because there are, I mean, people are mad about Alvin Bragg. I've made the point, when you look at the state of our law schools, there are tons of Alvin Braggs graduating every year now, heading into the legal profession. And they, they're not, they're not care, they don't care about the Constitution or the law or right or wrong. They're going there for a purpose, and that's to attack people like you and me. Yep. Yeah, they're going there to attack the First Amendment, to attack their political opposition, to advance their political agenda. And the only way... In my judgment, the only way to really get at this from, from Congress is to, to stop the money flowing to these, these agencies that do this sort of thing. So this is what we're trying to do with a number of investigations we're, we're, we're involved in, is get the facts on the table, because that's always step one. What, what all happened? Let's get all the facts on the table. Let's propose legislation to remedy that situation. And maybe most importantly, let's not fund 
these agencies that are doing these harmful things, or let's limit the money that says you can't use money for X, Y, and Z. You can't use money to stop misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, all these attacks on the First Amendment. Ultimately, you have to attack via the appropriations process. You have to use the power of the purse. The weaponization of the federal government is, uh, look, in my mind, it's priority one. Everyone has their own priorities, but we don't have a country if this continues this way, with yeah. American citizens being attacked. The most stark example of this was Merrick Garland taking a letter from a teacher's union and then sicking the FBI on parents. Judiciary just put out a little memo about the ba basis for that. Was that legit? No, it was all manufactured. You got you got Democrat U.S. attorneys saying this looks manufactured. When I talk to local law enforcement, they're all scratching their heads like, why are you guys involved? Why is the federal government involved? If there's some kind of incident, local law enforcement can handle it. So this was a completely manufactured incident. The 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 Democrats told us, oh, this is they're not going to use counterterrorism measures. Yes, they did. They did so in Georgia. The Democrats said, oh, there was no real coordination between the school boards groups and the Biden administration before the initial letter on September 29th, 2021. Yes, there was. And then of course the Democrats said, oh, these threats are everywhere all over the country. Well, they weren't. There were 25 parents who ultimately got investigated. Only one resulted in a full investigation and no one, no one has been charged under this apparatus, this protocol, this procedure that Merrick Garland set up. And again, they were working, the Biden administration was working with the school board groups prior to the to the initial they created the predicate all for political reasons and uh, that's what our report shows clearly uh what they were what what uh, what they were up to what can we do about that what should we do about that the ag is the top law enforcement officer in the country that's a fairly critical position if this sure is a is. human being who's either too weak or biased or just flat out stupid, I doubt he's a stupid person, but for whatever reason, if he's using that post to attack Republicans, how do we stop that? You gotta get a new president. I mean, look, we're gonna, we're gonna do what I just no. described. Facts on the table, pass legislation, do what we can in the appropriations process. But at some point, you have to have the power of the chief executive of the country, the presidency, who, who, who will name the new attorney general so that you can clean up this kind of thing. Because uh, remember what we've learned now, they not only targeted parents, they targeted pro-lifers, and they targeted traditional Catholics. We have the memorandum issued from the Richmond Field Office where it said, if you're a traditional Catholic, we're going to treat you as a domestic extremist. I mean, this is crazy. And it, and, and it goes back to this whole mantra that the, that the left has uh, that was, I think, actually, you, you saw it clearly when Joe Biden stood in front of Independence Hall and called half the country fascist and extremist. It's crazy. Yeah. But the attack on people of a different political persuasion and the attack on the First Amendment is, as you said, Jesse, one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Before I let you go, okay, Fed raised rates today a little. Congressman, it makes me nervous that it was only a little. Doesn't, doesn't it have to be more? I don't want interest rates going up, obviously, but hyperinflation is the kind of thing that ends nations. Do the banks really, did they, did they intimidate the Fed into backing off things they should be doing? Well, it, it, it kind of appears like uh, that's that's what happened. But I would even say this, the spending has got to stop because understand what created the inflation, oh, yeah. which then caused the Fed to go with the interest rates hike was the ridiculous levels of spending we've seen in the last 26 months, uh, months from this administration. So that to me is the real, real problem. That's why this debt ceiling debate and the appropriations process coming up here in the next few months is so darn important. Congressman, appreciate you. Go get them. All right, thanks, Jesse. Take care.
All right. Looks like Heavy D is apparently done with the whole acting like he's not running for office thing. He's out there doing sit-down interviews. He played a little bit of that and talked to Ned Ryan about it. But before we get to that, I want to get to this. You know what the bone frog is? Why do you, you ever seen a Navy SEAL that had one of those tattoos with the bone frog on it? You ever wonder what that, what is that? It's weird. Well, for them, for us as a nation, that's a symbol of the following. The Navy SEALs who gave it all. That's why a Navy SEAL started Bone Frog Coffee. It's a lot more than just good coffee, and it is the best friggin' coffee. It's a way to honor the fallen. I like having two cups of coffee every single day, and I am pretty pleased with the knowledge that my Bone Frog Coffee subscription, 10% go to various Navy SEAL foundations. Feels good to get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, and honor the fallen. 10% off subscriptions for this stuff, and I highly recommend it. Go to bonefrogcoffee.com. Promo code JESSE is what gets you 10% off the subscriptions, all right? Bonefrogcoffee.com. Promo code JESSE. We'll be back. You could beat Biden? I think so. So you're running them? No, I didn't say that. I just said I think I could. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, if you look at Florida. Who would be harder to beat, Biden or Donald Trump? We're, I don't know. Those are two different Which jobs. is your favorite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron, Ron DeSanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't. I think uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, but. I can't. Uh, I don't know how to spell DeSanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me. You can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner, because that's what we've been able to do in Florida is put a lot of points on the board and, and, and really take the state to the next level. Ron DeSantis, very clearly running for office. Joining me now, Ned Ryan, my buddy, CEO of American Majority, which is an outstanding group out there. Ned, all right, well, it's very obvious at this point in time, Ron DeSantis is running. Trump right. wants him to officially announce for obvious reasons. DeSantis doesn't want to officially announce for obvious reasons. I think they both want the same thing for the right reasons. Trump wants him in so we can smear him. DeSantis doesn't want to get in so we can stay above it all. It's really obvious what's happening right now. I just don't see that it's that big of a mystery. It, it, it's really not, Jesse. It, at some point, both will be officially declared uh, candidates for the 2024 nomination for the GOP. It will be between Trump and DeSantis. The rest that are that are running or thinking of running are, are essentially political pygmies. And it will be either Trump or DeSantis that will win the nomination uh, for, for 2024 to be our nominee against whoever Democrats put up. I don't know if Biden's going to run or if they're going to have Kamala or a little Pete. But I have to tell you, Jesse, I just don't care who our nominee is. Quite frankly, I don't even care who the Democrat nominee is, because if we don't figure out how to actually do a ballot out, ballot in machine. All we're doing is having great theoretical conversations about who might be a candidate and some issues, but we're not talking about really winning politically. And unless we actually focus on some of these fundamentals that we have completely abandoned, it doesn't matter who our nominee is in 2024. I think we'll lose the White House if we don't figure out some of these fundamentals. It, it's, I'm glad you said it, Ned. It's disheartening. You just said this to me on the same day. I just had this conversation with someone else an hour ago. We were on the phone and we were talking about Trump, DeSantis, who's going to win and all these other things. And we said, well, what does any of this matter? Because 
how are we going to win Pennsylvania? I, I, I want someone to explain to me how we're going to win Pennsylvania. And if we don't win Pennsylvania, I would love someone to point to the electoral map and show me how we have a prayer on sweeping everything we need to sweep. We talk a lot about Trump and Heavy D, and I'm just as guilty as anyone else. Right. If Pennsylvania can't be won, we're in deep, deep trouble. Well, we're in deep trouble if we don't figure out how to do robust absentee ballot chase in Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina. Uh, it's something that was abysmal in 2022, Jesse. Uh, we can talk about 2020 being rigged, manipulated, all that. 2022 was a failure of Republicans outside of Florida to actually do something that was effective in being able to win in Arizona. J just to highlight it, Jesse, how bad it was. Arizona had over a million Republican absentee ballots requested. Only about 65% of those were returned. You know, you want to look for at least 80%. There were 150,000 votes that, that didn't show up, and we ended up losing every statewide seat, and some of them very closely. Ooh. So the, the question becomes, are we actually going to focus on putting these machines in place in these key presidential battleground states before 2024? And if we don't, we aren't going to win, because this is what Democrats are doing right now. And they are spending, I heard, upwards of 20 or 30 million was spent in Arizona alone on absentee ballot chase by Democrats. Uh, okay, Ned, I, I'm going to ask a question, and I'm so scared of the answer. Are we doing any of this right now? Are we at least beginning? Is this, has this, is this process underway or not? It, it, let, let's put it this way, Jesse. I am, along with others, putting, place, putting in place plans because I'm assuming that the RNC under Ron or Romney McDaniel will completely fail again. I'm assuming most state GOPs in these presidential battlegrounds will not have the funding or the wherewithal to do it. There are plans in place where we are going to take a run at funding probably five to six key states absentee ballot chase programs, regardless of what the party does, regardless of what the presidentials do. I will say this, Jesse, if we're speaking about how you put together a great absentee ballot chase program, the one that has done it and done it very well for cycle after cycle has been Florida. So if you were to say, who do I think could actually implement a, a nationwide or a battleground absentee ballot chase program because he's done it so well in Florida? It'd be Ron DeSantis. Okay. What do we make of Ron DeSantis's chances in the primary? Now, I don't believe anybody's primary poll numbers out there. Everyone puts out ones that lie and make them look good. I, I, know, I know the game. I get how it works. I'm of the opinion, though, that if the election was held today, Trump would win. And if he, he gets indicted, which I know that was delayed, I think those chances only go up, not down. Yes. Can DeSantis even take down Trump? I think that's a really good question, uh, Jesse. I, I totally agree with you on both points. If today Trump wins, if he gets indicted, arrested, only adds points to his lead uh, in, in, in the in the primary I think it's going to be a battle royale. I, I would not underestimate Ron DeSantis. At the same time, Trump is a force of nature. Trump is beloved by the grassroots. He has a massive vociferous following uh, in, the, in the Republican base. And, and Ron DeSantis is one of our most popular governors. I think there's still question marks about some of his foreign policy. I was very encouraged to see his statements on Ukraine. I'm still concerned about some of his trade policy ideas. So a lot of this is still obviously theoretical until they both become officially declared candidates. But the good news is, and Jesse, this is the part that I tell people, the good news is an America first candidate will actually be our nominee in 2024. So that's check that box. And then we've got to figure out the apps, how we actually put in place this absentee ballot chase program. But be encouraged. We're going to have a good nominee 
whoever, if it's Trump or DeSantis, and then we've got to figure out the functional part of how we actually get to 270 electoral votes and win the White House. All right, let's set that aside for a moment. Let's talk about American majority. I love local politics. Well, that's not true. Everyone loves national politics. I believe local politics are how we'll save this nation. Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, neither of them are going to save the country. The country will be saved at a local level. People like hearing that. It gives them hope, but they don't know where to go from there. They don't know what to do. Okay, I'm all game for local elections. What do I do? People don't know what to do. What do they do? Well, they go to AmericanMajority.org for starters, Jesse. We've been doing this for 15 years, really swiping a, a page from the left's playbook in which 15 years ago we decided we were going to put together an organization that's going to identify and train people to run for school board all the way up to state senate. And I'm a big believer, Jesse, that politics is policy. It's great to have you know great policy ideas. I think we've got some of the best as conservatives, but unless you win politically, all you're doing is having great conversations about great ideas. So we teach a lot of nuts and bolts. How do you put together a campaign plan? How do you fundraise? How do you put together get out the vote? How do you message? For the activists, it's it's more of how do you do get out the vote, social media, all these things. We're also rolling out, just so you know, as part of our new curriculum in 2023, how do you put together an absentee ballot chase program, whether you're a candidate or an activist. So a lot of what we do and have been doing for 15 years is giving people, equipping people with the nuts and bolts of Here's how you actually go and run for office in a, a metric-driven, goal-driven way to give yourself the best chance to actually win, whether it's for school board or city council or county commission or the state legislature. Ned, give someone one piece of advice. I know you do this for a living. I know there are many pieces of advice you could give, but right now there's some parents who's going to run for school board. They want to yep. run for city council. They want to get involved. They're scared. They don't know yep. what they're doing. Give them one piece of advice. Uh, take, take the time to think through and do your research and understand what it actually takes to run for office. What does the district look like? How many votes will it take? Where are you starting from? What's your message? Put all those pieces together and don't just jump into it and figure it out. If you take a, a couple days, maybe a couple of weeks to really think through some of the fundamentals, which of course we highlighted American majority, it'll make the approach and your run much better. But but I will say this, Jesse, the, the thing that I would tell people listening it's incumbent upon everybody to actually do something. The Republic is at stake and whether it's you helping somebody run for school board or running for school board or running for city council or county commission or the state legislature, I think we all have to elevate our game and our involvement uh, in in every sphere of influence that we have in the moment because if we don't do something and do it quickly, I do not like what our future looks like if we continue to see the left continue its march and, and, and not see more losses. We, we have to actually meet them on the political battlefield at all places and beat them. And if we don't beat them, we're going to regret it. That's a fact. Ned, keep doing it, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. All right. We have a This Week in Wokeism next, and it's a friggin' doozy. <laughs> you know what else is a doozy? Our banking system right now. Uh, that's not good. So we started out with Silicon Valley Bank, and there was another bank. Now it's the mid-sized banks. Are you starting to pay attention to what's happening to our financial system? You understand the fundamentals right now are actually worse by every metric than they were right before the Great Recession of 2008. Realize that? It's coming. Probably nothing that can stop it. It's coming. Already another rate hike today. Have you gotten a hold of Oxford Gold Group yet? Come on now. You worked hard for that money. 
You worked hard for your money. You earned it. You're going to let these people and their stupid decision-making take it from you? Get some gold and silver in your IRA and 401k. Fortify it. It's a portfolio protection plan. Get real gold and or silver coins in your physical possession as well. You'll always have worth with that. Always. They can't take that away from you. 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. All right. It's time for This Week in Wokeism. Now, this is always, uh, in case you're a new viewer of the show, this is always an interesting walk through the various cultural filth things happening out there. And sometimes it can get a little cringy. (laughs) What are you going to do? Look, we have a society full of dudes pretending to be chicks. And it's not just the dudes are pretending to be chicks. It's the dudes pretending to be chicks are celebrated in this society now and held up as something wonderful. Vice President Dome out there talking to this freak, Dylan Mulvaney, this dude pretending to be a chick. This is what he gets from her. Thank you for courageously sharing your story and your journey. I appreciate your continued advocacy for transgender equality. Gosh, I look forward to seeing all that you will accomplish in the future. Now, maybe you're sitting there saying, Jesse, who's Dylan Mulvaney? And if you're saying that, I'm so happy for you. Because there are so many things now, as as you get older, 41, there are things in my mind that I wish weren't there. Things I've seen, things I know. I, I shouldn't know who Dylan Mulvaney is. You shouldn't know who Dylan Mulvaney is. But if I know, you've gotta know. So here he is. Normalize the bulge. We are normalizing the bulge. Women can have bulges and that's okay. We really need to bring back bullying in this country. It's, you know what? I'm pro-bullying now. That video just turned me. I'm pro-bullying. And of course, this guy gets celebrated by everybody in this country. Why wouldn't he? We're here in the U.S. of gay. We're everything LGBTQ. I've lost track of how many new letters and symbols they've tacked on to this group of freaks. But all of them are now the lions of our society. The new USA Today by uh, Woman of the Year. Yeah, there's, there's a dude it's a dude. That's year number two in a row that it's a dude. And we have things, and you know what's crazy? I'm gonna play you this little video from Dick Levine here in a second. I saw this video, and my first thought was, that's ridiculous, that's not true, that'll never happen. And the more I think about it, man, maybe Dick's right. I'm a positive and optimistic person. And I choose to be positive and optimistic. And I think that the wheel will turn on this. I think that it's not going to be politically advantageous. Uh, It wasn't particularly in 2022. And so I think that as we look to all the different elections in 2024, um, I think the next two years are going to be challenging. But I am positive and optimistic and hopeful that the wheel will turn after that um, and that uh, this issue won't be as uh, politically and socially such a minefield. Um, in the meantime, I can say that the, the children that you serve the, and the young people that you serve, their families and you all as their providers have supported the highest levels of the federal government. President Biden supports you. What if this stuff, all this stuff we're recoiling in horror at at the moment, 
What if it is going to be normal? Have you thought about that? I'm not saying it's ever going to be normal for you. I, I, I'm not saying that or me. and I'm not saying that. But what if, what if 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we do see some poor teenage girl who's been lied to by parents, psychologists, doctors, and she's gone in and had herself physically mutilated. And what if most of society 20 years from now looks at that girl and just thinks, oh, that's okay. That's something that's okay. No, but that's just totally normal. Isn't that crazy to think about? But that is the way this stuff tends to go. And, and when we say things like, Jesse, that can't happen. Jesse, that won't happen. Man, what area haven't they infiltrated and taken over? I used to hear this all the time about the, the Marines, my beloved Marine Corps. Jesse, they're not coming for the Marines. They'll never get the Marines. The Marines, like 15 minutes ago, put out a, a, a something on social media with the big pride flag as bullets in the helmet. We have Marin, they're not going to come for country music. Really? One of the biggest, if not the biggest country music star in the United States of America is Marin Morris. Here she was. And yes, I introduced my son to some drag queens today, so Tennessee, arrest me. Why would Tennessee arrest her? Because of course they prohibit any tranny shows for kids. But look, that's country music. And did you hear, did you hear what the crowd did when she said that? Because I want to be clear, that's a country music crowd. Country music. You would think, even if you're not a country music fan, that that'd be, you know, like God and country kind of a crowd. Mr. Producer, if you wouldn't mind, would you play that little five, ten second clip for me one more time and tell me, do you hear booze when she says this? And yes, I introduced my son to some drag queens today, so Tennessee, arrest me. And hey, that's the kind of country we have. It's the U.S. of gay. And sometimes people will yell at me when I say that. Jesse, that's not who we are. Jesse, it's not our new national religion. What are you talking about? Let's, let's live in the world that's real. Not the world you want to be real. Not the world your dad had, your grandpa had. Let's live in the world that is real. Nations have religions. They all do. Tiny tribes, big nations. They all have religions. And you know how you can tell what the national religion is? Very easy to tell. You'll see it reflected in every part of the culture. If you go to Saudi Arabia today, you walk into private businesses, you will see references to Islam. Their laws, they revolve around Islam. Their entertainment, singers, they talk about Islam. If I go down to the mall here, I'm in Texas, I've got a mall 20 minutes from my studio right here. Took my sons there a couple weekends ago. Weird, I didn't see any crosses, but I did see a bunch of rainbow flags posted in the windows. It's weird because country music stars get up there now in this society and say this. Actors like Billy Porter, it's weird. I don't hear him pushing Christianity. The leading cause of death in children are guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're guns. Yeah. I know it's 
the morning and I'm not supposed to be screaming, but they're guns. Yeah. Not you know, drag queens. Not drag queens. No. Leave us alone. What are we talking about and what are we doing? And everybody's so scared because, oh, if we do that, then we might have a civil war. We're already in a civil war, y'all. It's a civil war of the mind. They're messing with our minds. We're already in it. The U.S. of gay. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We're going to talk to Kira Davis about this next. How do you shoot? Look, they want your guns. We all know this is going to an ugly place of a nation. Let's hope there's no civil war ever. That would be something awful. But we know we're going to an ugly place as a nation. Just shoot, just crime-wise. As the financial crisis gets worse, as the obvious mental health problems get worse, you're going to encounter more and more violent, crazy people out there. That's just going to be part of society. You see the violent crime numbers. Can you shoot? You know that you need to train. Even if you're great, you need to train. If you're a beginner, you need to train. And I know ammo is expensive. I know range fees are expensive. I, I know all these things. I know them well. That's why I have a Mantis X system, because it allows me to dry fire practice, dry fire train in the comfort of my home, my studio, they're putting me through drills. I'm getting feedback. There's a reason the Green Berets use Mantis X. The Marines, if you go right now to boot camp, Paris Island boot camp, you'll see the Marines using Mantis X. The professionals, the best shooters in the world use Mantis X. You think that would be a good idea for you too? Go to MantisX.com and get one. They'll send it right to your front door. You'll never look back. MantisX.com. We'll be back. This is a genocide. This is an assault on a population of people because they are different from you. But if this legislature collectively decides that legislating hate against children is our priority, then I am going to make it painful, painful for everyone. Because if you want to inflict pain upon our children, I'm going to inflict pain upon this body. You cannot stop me. I will not be stopped. She sounds like she's super into whatever she's pushing. In case you're wondering what she was pushing there, she was pushing the mutilation of children. Look, let's, let's not sugarcoat this thing. That's what it is. They take these kids, their teachers, their psychiatrists, their nutball parents, and then their doctors tell the little boys they can turn into little girls, and then they go chop their penises off. For little girls, it's actually somehow worse, which I won't even go into the details of that. Joining me now, Kira Davis, deputy editor of thegreatredstate.com and author of the book Drawing Lines, where she talks about all of this stuff. Kira, sometimes, I'll tell you, these battles seem like it's so obviously good versus evil anymore. And I know that may sound melodramatic, but how am I supposed to hear things like that and think that it's anything but? No, it is good versus evil. This is actually why I wrote the book that you just introduced at the top, because the whole point is that I think a lot of us have been sitting back minding our own business. The problem is that evil never sleeps. And it comes in many forms, you know, evil. We have this idea of the devil as, you know, looking hideous, ugly, horns and red skin and yellow, sharp teeth. But 
that's not how the devil comes to you. The devil comes to you, you know, in in disguise. It, it's attractive. It looks good. And so the devil we're dealing with now is wrapped up in language of inclusion and acceptance and being who you want to be. And it's the exact opposite, as you pointed out. It, all you have to do is just be very plain about the details of exactly what these people are talking about. Instead of talking about it in terms of, oh, we just want kids to be who they want to be we need to be talking about it in terms of no they're actually advocating for young healthy boys to have their genitals chopped off and young healthy girls to have skin peeled off their arm and then sewn oh. onto their crotch area in some horrific attempt to emulate something that can't possibly be emulated on the female body it is horrible and that's why it sounds horrible and that's why it's wrapped up in all of these declarations of of I'm just fighting for equality. Kira, one thing that strikes me and I'm actually not making any woman jokes at your expense for the first time ever, but one of the things that strikes me is how many women will <laughs> welcome this stuff in here and you call yeah. it battered woman syndrome. What are you talking about? I call it battered trans woman syndrome because battered woman <laughs> syndrome is is a well known term. It refers to women who are in uh, abusive relationships, and oftentimes that abuse manifests itself as psychopathy. So women start to think that they deserve the abuse, and they start to act as um, they start to to try to uh, make themselves more palatable to their partners. If the abuse is their fault, then there's something they can do to help their partners be less angry, less aggressive. Everything is their fault. And I feel like that's where we are, particularly when it comes to the progressive left. You'll notice that it is women supporting these men who want to come into women's spaces and want to transition our kids and want to compete in women's sports. And, and they're being cheered on by women. And I think it's another form of battered women's syndrome. These progressive women don't, they, they, they are taking on the good girl mentality that they claim to rail against. They don't want to be a bad girl. They want to be a good girl. They want to be accepted by these men. They want to be welcomed by these men. And if they're not being welcomed by these men, if they're not being accepted, it's obviously their fault. It's something they're doing wrong. So the only way that they can gain acceptance from these men is to be sweet, be good, be on their side and, and help them get what they want. And then maybe they won't be abused. Maybe they won't be called names. Maybe they won't be um, on the re the recipient end of aggression. You'll notice, Jesse, that the transgender movement is sickly aggressive. It is hugely aggressive. And that's because it is dominated by toxic males. And toxic males who don't get what they want turn to toxic max masculinity. And usually women are the first victims of that. And that's why we're having these conversations as it pertains to men more so than as it pertains to women transitioning to men. Tell me about trigger warnings, Kira. <laughs> trigger warnings trigger warnings are the pacifier for a weak generation that can't even view a, a one hour TV show without being told ahead of time that there might actually be real life situations coming up 
in those TV shows. I was sick recently and I was binge watching some shows while I was laying in bed and every show, every single show, every single episode had a trigger warning at the beginning. This episode might contain uh, depictions of crime. This episode might contain depictions of sexual abuse. What are you watching TV for if you don't think it's going to contain images of real life situations? I mean, we are raising a generation of weaklings, mental and physical. I'm with you, Jesse. I'm like, we are going to lose a major war because guess what? War does not come with trigger warnings. It just comes with triggers. We're, we're, Kira, I try to explain this to people when it comes to military matters, that, that war is just horrific on the human mind anyway. It's horrible. People don't know that we had over 400,000 mental casualties in World War II, people whose minds just broken. That was in a society full of men that had been raised by a husband and wife with values, solid upbringing. What does this generation look like mentally if, God forbid, we have some horrible conflict it's going to be a disaster, Kira. It looks like men in lipstick and skirts standing up at school board meetings and city council meetings and saying that they are going to shut women up who won't let them change in front of their girls. That's what it looks like. So no, I, I don't I do know that adversity has a tendency to bring out the brave and the courageous, and I still believe that America ha has many of those people left. But they don't sit in the seat of government right now, and they don't run important institutions like our public school system right now. And that is why I'm urging conservatives to stand up and to say I've had enough and, and to be brave enough to take on the slings and arrows that come with standing for truth. No one else is going to do this. It's, it's you or it's nobody. And guess what the result of nobody doing anything has been? Now we are looking at people legitimately advocating for the mutilation of children and calling it progress. Kira, we have good news out of Louisiana. Give me some good news. This is heavy. Give me something good. Well, uh, a Louisiana Democrat has flipped to Republican, which means that Louisiana has a historical supermajority for the Republican Party. That means a majority in both houses. So now they can uh, pass their agendas. One of the things, the interesting things that, that is the result of this majority that they have is um, the governor had previously vetoed some some uh, protections for parents and students when it comes to the trans agenda. And now um, that bill has gone through. He's chosen not to veto the second attempt of that because of this majority that is now in place. So elections have consequences. They do matter, particularly at your state and local level. But the Democrat who uh, flipped over, he's 81 years old, he's been a Democrat for 50 years, and he said that the party no longer represents his faith or his Christian values, and so he just couldn't call himself a Democrat anymore. To put it mildly, Kira, thank you, come back soon. All right. All right, we have Light in the Mood next. Speaking of mental casualties. Is that what we want to call it? I don't know if that's the right word, but look, when you go through combat, you don't come back the same. It's not possible. You don't come back the same. And oftentimes, it's, it feels like it is impossible to go from that mentality 
back into the mentality of a civilian. I've told you before, I, I used to sit, when I got back from Iraq, I'd sit by myself in the dark with all the blinds closed and drink beer. I used to sit in, uh, I went to community college after I got out of the Marines, this is pretty soon after Iraq, and I'd sit in the very back with my hat pulled low, and I would look around and I'd think about the people I wanted to beat. Beat up, it, it's, you're not doing well. And there's no one there to help you. To, to pull you out of that. There's no, there's no one there. You think, well, the VA, come on. I love that this is what Boulder Crest does. It's called Operation Struggle. They are that bridge between combat and back to the world. And they need your help. Boulder Crest can't do it without your help. Go to bouldercrest.org and help them help these guys. We, we can't just toss them to the wolves, can we? bouldercrest.org. Go give what you can. We'll be back. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. And what brings more joy than getting out of schoolwork? You know what? Before we get to that, let's, let's get to this. Maybe dogs bring more joy. I don't know why either. I, I don't know why. I don't know why when I come home, that big fluffy idiot dog of mine charging me to greet me home, I don't know why it puts a smile on my face, but it does. I know your dog's the same way. I want my dog Fred to stay around for a long time. And not only do I want him staying around, I want him healthy. I want him to have a healthy gut, healthy joints. I know what happens to dogs' joints as they get older. I want him to have a good energy level, not hyperactive, not too lethargic. I give Fred rough greens because I want Fred to stay around longer. I don't want to lose it. Rough greens is, an, is er, it's a supplement you pour on your dog's food because the dog's food has no nutri nutritional value at all. There's no nutrients in it. You want your dog to have omega oils, digestive enzymes, probiotics, vitamins, minerals. You got to give them rough greens, man. You will see a difference in your dog. And they're giving out a free Jumpstart trial bag. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse, all right? Roughgreens.com slash Jesse. Go get your free bag. Now, to lighten the mood, let's go to the kiddos. Harley, it's up to you. All right, parents, we made a bet. If Harley gets this right, then we can have free time. If she don't, then we still working. Harley. What answer did you write down? Now, mind you, parents, these are tears of joy. <laughs> That's as good as it gets. I'll see you tomorrow.
Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.